Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents, the first anniversary episode number 52. I'm Petey Steele. And I'm Elena Torres. Welcome to our year anniversary party. This is it. We're getting back to basics again. We're going to... A year in review. Yes, indeed. That's what we're doing this today. This is glorious, man. I, it was a lot um, more painless and then painful than I expected. Yeah, we've actually developed a lot in a year. I feel like in the beginning, you know, we had struggles with sound and struggles with... The, and, and I think what we ended up becoming... Is really cool. Like now, the fact yeah. that we have headliners on and Fuck it represents yeah. the venue even better than we originally set out to. I think it it's turned out. I think better than I ever expected. Yeah, me too. I mean, we started. We mostly said. I don't think we even knew what we wanted. Like no, you know. I, I think knew, that that was an issue that we had in the beginning. I that definitely we didn't, know. didn't know. I didn't want to talk for two hours by myself, and I don't think anybody else wanted me to do that either. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to bring my friend on. I think this is a perfect counterbalance, and that's where the name came from. Right. And, you know, you brought a lot of great things to the table. Thanks, the, Yourself, your energy, your enthusiasm, and then just Aww. great ideas in terms of, like, we need to get headliners on as much as possible. We're not just going to rely on local people nothing there's anything wrong with local people we had no. a lot on a lot of great ones especially in this first year yeah but it, you know it definitely needed another thrust for more listenership and more just something to set us apart and like represent what we were because technically we are the draft house podcast so what's a good way to represent that because so many cool people come through here all the time from all over the place so i think that's a we started representing that in a really cool interesting way it's also been fun for me i don't know about you to meet yeah all these people yeah it has and i mean you really you hear that thing from time to time about oh yeah all these famous people out there they put their pants on one leg at a time they ain't no better than you or me and you think yeah sure let's compare bank accounts or whatever but then you get to meet them and a whole lot of them are really just that, you know? Yeah. They're people like you and me. They went through the same stuff we're doing. I mean, it wasn't yeah. podcasting really back in their day, and I don't think as many mediums of trying to get your name out there. It was more from the stage. But nonetheless, they bided their time. They went from, you know, hosting open mics to fucking hosting club shows and producing little shows and feature acting and doing that for a year, doing the road, and then eventually becoming a headliner. Yeah, they have, they have a really good understanding of what this journey is, and I think you, that really shows because everybody says yes, pretty much. We've had maybe three or four headliners who have said that they don't want to do the podcast, but right. pretty much everybody is down. Yeah. To do this. Absolutely. And I mean, it's Which not. Which is awesome. It is fantastic. And I, I think it is testament to a lot of their character in terms of like looking out for younger comics or right. people who are on their way up um, and wanting to help them out from time to time. I mean, all the episodes, as much as I like doing most of them, they weren't all glorious. I won't say names, but you know, there were certain guests and maybe the audience picked up on it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you guys have things you liked or didn't like more or things like, because a lot, sometimes you don't vibe. Right. You like just sometimes don't. you meet people and you don't vibe and that, I think, picks up on a podcast. And that's how it should be. I mean, in a sense, all of us as comics are chasing a niche market, you know, because 
you have to have your brand, your kind of thing, your voice that's going to attract some people and repel some others. And that includes the same crop of people that you represent, comics, you know? Right. Everything is not for everybody. But, right. I mean, definitely shout out to anyone that did the podcast. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, that, to everyone we've had. I think it also, like, there are definitely moments when I get so sick and annoyed of comedians but one cool thing with comedy is like you can't fake it right so you get a lot less egos i feel like yeah because you everybody has to go through the same bullshit yeah to make it whereas like in the acting world there's a lot of people that just like went to an audition and got lucky the one time and got nominated for an oscar and that was it and that fucks with your ego a little bit Mm mm-hmm and that it, it detach, there's more people that I see that are detached from reality. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot, like in the, more. You know, when, when you meet more like famous actors, not everybody is like this, but there's a good amount that are just detached. It, it's there's just a, it's detached. I keep saying that word, but they are a little bit detached, and they don't. There's like a humble thing that just isn't there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because comedy, like you just have to have the skill and you have to hustle. Right. And everybody has to go through the same steps to make it. Like, you just get a lot less ego. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that many actors, but I can see how that might be true. And, I mean, especially, too, with the whole, like, method acting approach where you have to, like, become some other version of yourself for, like, months at a time. Right. You maybe sacrifice a big part of who you are. And right. forget some of your character That's from right. time and time again. That's right. Yeah, and you don't get really so much of that luxury because I think this business, too, is a more face-to-face thing. You have to have some kind of rapport with bookers and agents. Like, I've noticed a lot of these headliners, when they're coming around, they genuinely know our GM, Pete Barron, and not just because he's a fantastic GM for two clubs, but for the fact that, you know, they know that he's their point man, you know, right. and they go to him for these issues. Um, right. And they know some of the other staff. It's it's kind of been amazing, and that I think speaks to the humility of a lot of headliners as well. Um, yeah. You know, they're not more important generally. They don't shit on the wait staff or do things no, the way not that at all. a lot of people might think they are. And a lot of their, you know, offstage persona is a lot more subdued. It's different than what it is yeah. out there. I think that's a common misconception people have about comedians, too. Like, people think comedians are probably on, like, they're on stage all the time. Like, right. people ask me, like, oh, man, I bet, like, comedy parties and backstage it's so crazy. I'm like, it is the most awkward shit. <laughs> yes, it is. You can imagine. Like, a comedy party. I have never been to a more awkward, to more awkward gatherings than comedy parties. Absolutely. You know, I think most comedians are good in rooms of like six, no more. Yeah. You know, no more. I agree. I, you know, one of the most successful events, I don't know if it's going anymore because it's on, I'm on, I'm off Facebook and that's where it would be advertised. But every year they had this DC comedy like picnic. I've been trying to get invited to that picnic for oh, years. Oh, they don't invite you yet? No. Well, well, they they didn't do it last year, I think. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yeah, is my, I'm sense. coming on three. Every summer is three, so I'm coming up on three. Mm-hmm. So last year at two, they didn't do it. And then when I was at one, I didn't get invited. Ugh. And I even, like, wrote some comment. Ah, I was, like, very burned. I even wrote some comment that. on Facebook. 
I don't blame you. That I, I didn't get invited. I'd have been burned too, but um, I went to the first few of them. They were fun, and I can say that even then, like, what was so great about it was the fact that you're out in Rock Creek Park, and you got this big fucking open space, so there's just, like, crews of, like, threes or fours at right. a time, you know, and then maybe one person goes off and mingles. I mean, I guess that's sort of like a party, but with comics, if you have four walls encroaching on all those and people, music it's and not going to work. And force dancing, yeah, it, yeah it's not. it's not going to be all day, you yeah. know? It's very much more like a daycare kind of environment yeah, yeah, that succeeds yeah. with yeah. comic gatherings. Yeah. You know, someone's got to have like a fucking t-ball bat nearby. That's right, that's or, right. There needs to be some sort of game to be discussed or talked about. Like, it's Cards it's not, against humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not It's not what people think. Where It's so different. It's so different than the acting world. Whereas the acting world, there's like so... It's a lot of people that like to be the center of attention, right? So it's mm-hmm. just like competing for eye time you know you'll have people that'll break into song and there's always some sort of dancing and everybody somebody's telling some crazy story and it's so so different Mm -hmm. like most i feel like there are there's a there's a good amount of actors that are introverted but i feel like most are pretty extroverted yeah people actors to me i mean the couple i've met they just have this weird glaze on them it seems so fucking phony and i don't know if it's like drug induced or mm. something, or but it might be natural, maybe purely organic, but they just seem so charged up all the time. Yeah, there's a very like high energy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's everyone, but I think there's a good amount that are like very just high, and I think it's like the same. You know, it's just sort of like competing for all eyes on you. Right, radio people even even without the screen. Like I remember going on radio down in Tampa. And mm-hmm. Kurt McEwen, who's out of Baltimore and did not, I mean, he still does 98 Rock, but he was down in Tampa for a while. So I went with Sean Savoy to go work for Pablo Francisco one weekend at the Tampa Improv. Mm-hmm. And we did radio in the morning, me and Sean one day. And it was Kurt and Zinger, Klinger or something. This is a guy who was a uh, hockey player for the Lightning for a little while, mm-hmm. and then he went into radio. But man, to watch like Kurt and some of them go in, you know, they're not even seen, but they're just like chumped up, perfectly groomed, 6 a.m. They're like, yay, big smiles and all this rah, rah, rah. You know, I was like, I can't be that happy. It makes me fucking sick. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I dabbled a little bit in radio stuff back when I worked for MTV because it was like, I would have to do, since I was at MTV News, there was also like a radio component. Mm-hmm. So I would like go out and with the radio people sometimes, like especially before I got the job and I was interning. Right. And I found radio people were more chill than like on camera talent, but the, the, the voice thing is really true. Like they sit down and there's all these like, there are these voices that are just like, hey, super yeah. high energy. Yeah. And what's going on? It's funny you mentioned the Tampa Improv. I was just listening to uh, Kevin Hart on Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a good episode. Yeah. I saw some clips yeah. from that. Yeah, and he uh, he does a ton of working out of his material at the Tampa Improv. He huh. loves that club. Huh. It's really interesting how he how he was saying how he um, how he works on his hours. Like basically, he doesn't do any. He lives in LA, but he doesn't do anything there. He'll like 
first the jokes are sort of born in New York, and he'll do all his writing and like the first two clubs in New York. Yeah. And then he goes to like really rent. He like he really likes the Tampa Improv. He'll go to the Tampa Improv for like two or three weeks and do shows every night. I could see that. And then he'll just pick like random places in like butt fuck nowhere throughout the country. He'll go to Utah. He'll go to like all these places like in the middle of nowhere to work his shit out in these comedy clubs, and then he'll start doing the theaters and arenas. Wow, that's great. I, I, thought, I thought that was so interesting. The Tampa Improv, I gotta say, I mean, that's very interesting to me because that place with the level of construction, okay, so it's, it makes the Arlington Cinema Draft House look like, I wouldn't say small, but only like mid-tier. You know oh, what a really? cavernous room that is. It is so big, it's like maybe one and a half times as tall as that. There's like a couple balcony type tiers. It's maybe more like... Maybe that's why he likes it because it's more yeah, like a theater. Yeah, like a theater. And they even... The show I did, this was... God, this was July 2013. <laughs> there was a big net way up high. I don't know if it was so people couldn't throw shit or whatever from mm-hmm. like the upper stands. But like a rat got fucking out onto this net and then got started Ew. trying to cut like a, a stop, hole stop, through stop, it. Stop, like biting through it? Yeah. <gasps> Ew. And everybody was afraid it was going to fall Ew. way down and onto the audience, but the rat was stuck. Like he'd gotten oh his, one of his little rat legs stuck in one of the little squares of the net. And then it, it took like a long time with like one of those long ass poles, you know, trying to like get it to oh move, but then the get it kill it i can't even remember how it was resolved <laughs> but it it was a um experience to say oh, the least i have such a big rat phobia yeah. so i think they're so disgusting like i freak i'm a pretty strong person but right. i see a rat and i lose my shit i recently saw a rat above me at a comedy club yeah i i saw i looked up and i saw it like climbing Mm-hmm. In the rafters, mm-hmm. and I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> I, it was so big too. I was like, "What the?" F-? And it was like right. It was like as I was getting ready to go on stage. It was. Oh, that's amazing. It was. Hor- I, I hate rats. I think they're so disgusting. Oh, I do too. I mean, the only thing worse to me is like snakes. That's like my biggest. Fear. I see. You have I no have, fear of that. No, I have so fear of snakes, but rats to me are more. There's just huh. some. I don't know what it is, the but teeth? like. It's the t- it's like the noise and like just the shape and they're just so dirty. Burr. They're just so dirty. Yeah, they're disgusting. Like they just look like disease, you know. And the tails, like oh oh oh. Gordon Liddy, when he was a youth, the big right wing asshole that was mixed up with Watergate with Nixon and stuff mm-hmm. and went to jail, he used to corner wharf rats as a boy to prove how tough he was to oh himself God. and go and try to get them like right on the corner of the pier and stomp them oh out. My God, oh my God, oh my God. Ew. But, my, uh, yeah, ew. My that's cousin. the kind of people that play with rats. <laughs> well, my my cousins, different, one of my cousins is visiting, Peter just met him, different cousin. So I have, two of my cousins used to have pet rats. Ugh. Remember that was a thing for a while? They, yeah. had litter, they had like these little white pet rats. Ugh. And when we were younger, I'm the oldest of my cousins. So when we were younger, one of my little cousins thought, of, she knew I had a rat phobia and she thought it'd be funny. If while I wasn't looking and we were at their house, she'd put the rat like at the bottom of my leg, so it would run up my leg. And so I look down and the rat is like running up my leg. I freaked the fuck out so hard, but I started kicking. I started kicking, the rat flew. (laughs) 
like flew across, like projectile flew all the way across a room and fell in a corner between a bed and, and it was in her bedroom in between a bed and the wall and like fell in this little corner. And my cousin, she was like, how could you do that? Oh my God. The rat was fine, by the way. How could you do that? I was like, how could you fuck with someone that has a rat phobia yeah. and not expect me to kill that kill shit? It. Right. No, absolutely. That's terrible. It's a rat. Go outside. You'll find another one. Yeah. Just go no, to any man. dirty, disgusting basement. You can get another pet rat. <laughs> it's true. I don't, I don't like, understand. that. Go in the subway and just like get one of those pool nets. I don't even like more people pet rats. that you know, keep pet hamsters. I had a girlfriend at one point that had a pet guinea pig, you know? Those are weird. And she would say, oh, I'm going to make him live longer than the four years they're supposed to live. I'll make him live ten. And I was like, no, you live at home and your parents just could not trust you with a dog, so they bought That's you right. this fucking guinea pig, you That's idiot. Right. <laughs> You know, she's like, he loves me. He licks my hand. No, your hand's yeah. got fucking salt on it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, ro- it's a rodent. It doesn't not... love nothing. <laughs> it eats its own shit. Yeah. Plus was... celery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not... In my... South America, it's a cuisine. <laughs> hey, not not in Mexico. Further south, further south. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, South America, the continent. Right, right. In Mexico, is it? Well, actually, no, you're right. Mexico's, Mexico's technically either Central or North America. That's right. That's right. Just usually in the United States, it's considered people are like South America means anywhere south of the border. But you're you're right. Um, yeah. No, but what they do they do eat in Mexico. They eat um they eat a lot of bugs. They do eat they? grasshoppers. Huh. They eat them. They like they fry them up like chips and like soak them in spicy sauce and you literally see people with like bags and like full on they they look like they actual look like grasshoppers bugs? yeah oh gross and i can't will do eat, it and people will eat the grasshoppers or you can get grasshopper tacos putrid they're like crispy they're kind of like wontons disgusting yeah they're pretty gross <laughs> no, i mean it's hard like they don't really taste like much <laughs> But it's just hard. I could never do it just because it, it really yeah, looks like a grasshopper. It's a mental thing with me. You know how I am with onions, right? That's I remember. Yeah. You came to my house. I mean, dinner for you that one time. I you refuse. were like really anti-onion. If you cook them inside the food and you don't tell me about them, I'll probably eat them. Okay. And maybe even appreciate them on a subconscious level. Like okay. Some people but like, like yeah, white yeah, probably, noise or something. Probably like, yeah. a, like, a, like a cooked white onion. Yeah. You Ooh. probably don't mind. If, if you well, don't know that it's if there. Well, I don't smell it, I don't know what's there. But if I see it, some purple fucking strand or whatever you sitting freak. there, oh, I'll, I'll fucking vomit. Ugh. Note to I all love onions. future suitors of Petey's. Yeah, beer. yeah. Don't fuck. Don't don't give Petey onions. Yeah. I actually had a lot of trouble with that because I cook with a lot of onions. Like it's a mm-hmm. way that I add because I cook pretty healthy and it's like a nice way to add healthy flavor to things. So it actually took me a while to try to think of making you something onion free. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you. I, I powered through. Yeah. I forgot what I made you in the end, <laughs> but I powered. But I powered through, and gave you no onions. I don't have a food like that. Oh no, that's not true. I really don't like watermelon, and I really, really I really don't like watermelon. Huh. Anything in the melon family: watermelon, cantaloupe. None of that, huh? Yeah, yeah, green melon. The texture. Just, I just think it tastes gross. Huh? Yeah, anything, anything in the watermelon family I don't like, and also, like fake ham. Hmm. You know, like bologna or like fake, like 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 a fake. You know what I mean? Oh, like, oh, like spam. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 
not spam, just like like Oscar Mayer, like ham, like all just like processed regular, meats yeah, in yeah, a yeah. fucking hillshire yeah, yeah. farms. Like basically, like your typical like summertime lunch mm-hmm. when you were a kid, yeah. like a ham sandwich and some mm. watermelon on the side is my nightmare. Oh wow! Moving and some like up. and some like Kool Aid <laughs> drink. Not, not for not me. having it. Nope. See, I fuck with watermelon. I love it. I cut that bitch up and make it a day. I remember when uh, Jamel Dotson was still in town. Do you remember him? Yeah, he's he's here this weekend. No, not Jamel Johnson. Jamel oh, Dotson. Dotson. Oh, Dotson. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I do remember J- tall, skinny. Yeah. Yeah. He used to bring a watermelon on stage sometimes. He did. Yeah, and it was some kind of like a racial joke about how. You know, I shouldn't be perceived as this just because I had this and if I was a white man or something. I don't know. Right. It, and it sort of was similar to Petey Green's famous thing on how to eat a watermelon from D.C. back in, like, 84. It was on TV. And the guy won two Emmys. It's, oh, really? Yeah, they made a movie about him with Don Cheadle playing him and everything. It's a pretty fantastic story. Oh, really. I never saw Yeah, look up Petey Green. I love Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle's great. And, um... Jamel, though, afterward would come out back, you know, back when, uh, what was that place? Fireflies was around. Over oh, yeah, yeah, Church, yeah. I think. And Jelani's room. Yeah, yeah, and then he would cut it up and then serve us oh, pieces and stuff. Nice. And I was like, yeah, see, this is the only time I like prop comics when they do yeah, 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 the yeah. props, you know? Yeah, very uh, Keith Corey, Keith Corey move. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, Keith Corio's. Corey. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, he won't name him that. I told him that should be the That's name. That's a great name. Right? Yeah, too bad. Shout out to Keith Corey and his, and his cookies. Oh, phenomenal. I ran into him today at Union Market. I'm going to go drive him out tomorrow. Me and him are going out to uh, Jam and Java to oh, do nice. their memorial Sunday night show. Um, Rob Mayer's going to headline and oh that's cool yeah some other good people are on there but that'll, that's always a fun show they could fit 150 in there and oh nice big stage you never did that uh-uh. oh you gotta get out there nope. talk to i ben haven't Daniels. done a lot of the shows like out out mm-hmm. of dc like a lot of and i like doing those like right. we have to drive a little bit yeah i like those shows just because it's a different it's a different crowd yeah. and i think it's really important to test your material yes because, like, I think it's really easy to get stuck. Like, if you just do one club all the time and one city all the time, mm-hmm. like, that's a, actually a very small cross-section to find out whether your material is really working That's an occupational not. hazard. It is an occupational hazard. And I feel like that happens to a lot. And you, ha- you have to expand that. And a good advantage that we have here in D.C. is, like, we're in the middle of so much diversity. Like, you go an hour into Virginia. Mm-hmm. That shit is different. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you know what's funny? It's like, you think of all the verbiage out there to describe all the different pockets of the United States Mm. and how I was going through Wikipedia looking up one of these cities out in Virginia where I've probably done time at or Mm -hmm. something. I I mean, comedic time, folks. Um, (laughs) But um, they have what's known as micro-statistical areas. So there's like metropolitan areas, and then underneath in within those metropolitan areas, there's like micro statistical. What does that regions. mean, micro statistical? It's some. It's based on some kind of 
quantifiable population, like a number, like it's less than a metropolitan Okay, area. I got you, I got you. Um, but most of the country is probably falls into that, not yeah. so much the metropolitan area, right? Yeah, well, I think yeah. the microstat ones in some respects are part of the metro ones. Okay. I mean, but they're a much smaller swath, or maybe there's like right. a little overlap. I'm not exactly sure, but right. it's pretty fascinating to kind of look at it from smaller pockets and think of like tastes and flavors and like right. you know what sort of things they have interest in and how you can market your product to them or if you just can't straight up um right i mean i do well with my comedy in a lot of blue collar towns but i could also do it with like you know some elite type of people provided they're not too sensitive or whatever um it's interesting knowing that and going out to a place like uh, Jam and Java out in Vienna where you get sort of a mix of that, you right. know? And it's fun. It's, it's, it's enlightening to go on the road and find out where your base or bases it's might really, be. It's really enlightening. I really change, I really change my sets depending on oh, yeah. crowds. Like, it really depends. For me especially, it like really depends on who how much people are going to believe I'm Latin or not. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I speak Spanish, like, a really white room just doesn't believe me. Yeah. And just doesn't follow. So I just don't do, I just don't do those jokes. If I'd never seen your last name, I wouldn't have believed Right, and, but Latin. even, but, like, usually, usually when I first start talking about it, people are like, wow, who is this racist girl saying these things? And right. then as soon as I talk about it a little longer, and I'll speak some Spanish, I get everybody behind me. But right particularly in like if I see a really white especially if it's like on the intellectual side if I see a really white intellectual room I won't do any of the jokes where I like really like speak Spanish or I'm like very intensely Latina jokes mm -hmm. because they just will not get behind it they don't buy it huh? they do not buy it but any minority room doesn't have to be Latina any minority room believes me that's interesting it's super interesting so every room so I really change and I have, of just Latina material alone, I have, like, almost a half an hour. Wow. So I, so I don't, but I don't do all that unless I see it's a certain type of room. And other than that, I'll just be like, okay, I'll stick to, like, stuff about being married or relationships or, you know, maybe mention that I grew up in Mexico, but keep it to, like, from a political standpoint, not really talk about culturally mm -hmm. where I'm at or speak Spanish on stage or any of that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that that I really change depending on where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, you gotta read the room and mm -hmm. stuff. And I know, I know. Believe me. I mean, I'm not like a racial minority or anything, obviously, but I definitely know where I can play to what angle, what right, you know, vantage point, what type of slang might work here versus there. Uh, I'm about to go and do a fucking thing after this podcast out in Gainesville. Oh, wow. Yeah, drive an hour. and I'll be, mm -hmm. But I understand it's pretty blue collar. It should be fun. It's a right. girl I know, um, Amanda Lachlan, who I think sometimes listens to the podcast. But shout her out anyway. She comes, watches me perform at Cellar Door and mm -hmm. used to bartend at Summers. But um, she has this room she discovered out there because she does all this archaeological digging during the day. Or does whatever. she really? Yeah. 
That's and, cool. Yeah. I was so, as a kid that was like always one of the jobs that I liked being an archaeologist. And you I wanted to be, like look for dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it'd be cool, yeah. or like you know, go to Egypt and like dig under you know and find a bunch of treasure under yeah. a pyramid or some shit like that. That's yeah. It's pretty fascinating, but yeah, you know, um, I'm gonna go do that and just see what's what. I'm sure it'll be fine, but it's yeah. Also, also another thing. I find where I have to change my material a lot is like depending on how how dirty a room can take. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like certain audiences like you can tell. Like you can look out and be like this audience is not going to want Yeah. dirty jokes. There was a show, oh man, I don't know where. This is I guess it was sort of close to Leesburg. Um in the hell's room was it? It's it only was like a month ago and I'm like already forgetting who in the hells was a Sunday thing and you go out there and it's pretty much like blue collar working class type of guys mm-hmm. maybe a little more money they're all watching the football games and stuff or, or not the football um, I don't remember what sport they were watching they were getting fucked up you know half of them were anyway and then mm-hmm. half of them were like families mm-hmm. and they told them you know uh, whoever was running it, yeah, like, hey, there's going to be a comedy show. We mm-hmm. might do some blue material, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And at some point, right when the comic started, I mean, I think they sent their cleanest one up first. I think it was like Wendy or something, mm-hmm. you know. And <laughs> she does it. And at one point, one of the drunk guys who was like maybe 25 or something, yo, mm-hmm. so like, fuck this shit. Yeah. You know? And this dad, over on the other side of the room, says, "Hey, like there's kids over there, or something like that." Oh my god, and I've been on stage where where an almost fight broken out. That is the most uncomfortable thing ever. Yeah, and then the fifty-year-old alcoholic got the twenty-five-year-old alcoholic's back, and he's like, "Yeah, so what?" He's like, "It's a Sunday night, you know." He's like, "Oh my god!" And then the dad's like, "Oh, what you're saying? They should be in bed right now." He's like, "Man, you should be sober right now." You know, oh whatever. My God. Like, there's no reason to talk like that anyway. Just whatever. And then finally, his wife is like, "You know, calm down. You're better than this kind of mm-hmm. thing." And then got him and got her kids and then. Took and did Wendy just keep going? And then Wendy kept going, and she was clean as a whistle. She's not. She's always dirty. clean. Yeah. But these other guys, and then oh yeah, it was Skiffington, and Skiffington was running the room, and he mm-hmm. went and talked with the guys briefly. They're like, "Whoa!" But yeah, what a mess. Well, I remember I did I did this one room kind of recently actually. I got hired. It was awesome. I got hired to do uh, a set for the Salvadorian Chamber of Commerce. Cool. So I was like, "Fuck yeah! I'm gonna do like all my Latin material for Latin people. Spanish speakers is gonna be dope." Right. I'm so excited. Like right. I never get to do full Latin rooms like this. Like I'm so pumped. So I did like maybe like ten minutes of Latin jokes, and they're liking it kind of, but they're not that into it. So I was like, fine. So I start switching over to my dirtiest shit. Mm-hmm. That's all they wanted. Yeah. That's all they wanted. Here, and they Boom. even hi- they hired me because I do Latin material. But as soon as I started doing like jokes about anal, they were like, yeah, ah. give us more. Ah. Like they just had no interest in hearing like about the Latin struggle. It was all like, let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah, it's, it's funny how it's funny how that how that works. And I was like, all right, well. Yeah, they're, you know, they, they're like, we live the fucking struggle. Yeah, we yeah, they were, yeah, they were like, we don't care. We don't want to, like, that's all the shit we deal with every day. Yeah. 
tell us about relationships. Oops. I think that's an interesting thing. Chris Rock always says, he's like, listen, if you want to have jokes that really last, you got to talk about people fucking. That's yeah. It. Bottom line. Yeah. Like, if you really, if you really want shit that's going to stand the test of time. That's all humans want to do. Yeah. But just talk about people, fu- just talk about man, woman relationships. Talk about people fucking and that. <laughs> or, or gay relationships that works too but just real human relationships in all forms I think that's where the drama is that's where that's what people want yep yes they do yes they do everybody's just a big old fucking erection yep <laughs> <laughs> but um where we at right now this is like 31 minutes oh wow feels like it's gone longer than it, you know it hasn't yeah. been a chore or anything I hope um, not. No, yeah. never has been a chore. It's been fun this whole time. Yeah. It's great. What do we got coming up at the Draft House? Okay, so at the Draft House, D.C., uh, Thursday, the 29th. Well, first, actually, let me take it back. Wednesday, the 29th, we are going to have Tony Woods and Friends After Hours Stand-Up Ooh, Comedy Showcase. That'll be fun. 8.45 p.m. Um, Thursday... Jake Johansson, live from HBO, Comedy Central, late night Netflix at 7.30. Um, Friday night, the 31st, uh, Jacob Williams uh, from NBC's America's Got Talent, MTV's Wild and Out, 7 and 9, followed by Haywood Turnip Seeds, Attack of the Comics Comedy Show. Um, Saturday, June the 1st. Jacob Williams again, 7 and 9, and then the three guys on comedy show at 10.45, which will be terrific. Yep. And Arlington, let me see. Oh, I got Arlington. Oh, you do? Shit. So, Arlington, basically, if you want to go during the week, all this week, they're showing Aladdin. If you want to go have a nice time, eat some food, watch a movie, go see Aladdin. And then Friday, uh, June 7th. Francisco Ramos, live from HBO's oh, Entre Nos, Last Comic Standing in Netflix, is going to be here uh, 7.30 p.m. on Friday the 7th, and then he's at 7 and 9.30 on Saturday the 8th. Oh, so come great. catch that. That'll be awesome. And, yeah, that's what we got going on. Fantastic. And what do you got coming up? What do I have coming up? Um, I have... I know we got by some the time, shit. Yeah, we hmm. got some shit. On June 7th, I'm in Hanover... PA at the Church of Satire, hosting from my very good friend right here, Petey Steele. Woo-woo! Um, if it's good enough, I'll make it my first special. We'll see. Yeah, and I don't remember... They're going to tape it. I don't remember what else. Next weekend's my birthday, so if you're listening, and on June 2nd you want to wish me a happy birthday, we will most definitely hook you up with some free tickets to shit. Come on. Yeah, so the present's for you. If you wish me a happy birthday, the present is for you. If you can guess her age, you can get even more tickets. Yeah, uh, well, depending what what number you guess. Yeah. Yeah, if you guess a number I like, you're going to get four or five tickets. If you guess a number <laughs> I don't like, it's not going to work out for you. Pretend it's her weight. <laughs> right. Hey. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> guess guess Petey shit on there too yeah. if you want. Yeah, you can guess yeah. mine. I don't. I don't even want to know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you can take it like a postmodern exercise or something. Right. Right. Maybe if you're. Yeah. I guess maybe if you're trying to guess my weight in kilos. I don't know. Uh, I'm anyway. getting back on it though, man. I'm reading fucking David Goggins. I'm going fucking. Are man. you really? Oh yeah, man. 
He says as he drinks a full Coca-Cola right now. Oh, it's 12 ounces. Come on. Oh, my God. This this shit is so bad for you. I know. It's, it's, literally, it's literally like that's the worst thing you Ugh. could you could put in your body. Ugh. Added sugar, 78% of your daily value. Yeah, come on. From just that little 12 ounce. Add, yeah. Ooh. That's just the mm. added sugar. Wow. 100% of your sugar value and more is in that thing. It is mm-hmm. so bad. It's so many calories that, like, you just take that out and boom. It's like drinking. Like, you stop drinking. You lose so much money. I mean, not money. You gain so much money. money. You lose so much weight. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Right? I gained it back drinking Cokes. Right. You take Coke <laughs> out. Yeah, well, take advantage of your sobriety, PB. You're right. You're right. I should drink water. Yeah. I just want to get back to where I'm pre pre diabetic. You know? Yeah, yeah. Water, iced tea, <laughs> iced tea, unsweetened iced tea, oh, and yeah, then unsweetened. and then mm. and then by the way, and well, Snapple has like some diet Snapples and stuff, and those are a little sweet. Those are good, and those have zero calories. I guess you grow into it. I don't know. I don't want to lose so much weight though, where I start like not fitting. PD, if you just kind of. Coca-Cola, you're not gonna like suddenly turn into like some string bean. Yeah, some fucking yeah, that's not... ultra endurance yeah, athlete. Yeah, yeah. That's... Okay, okay, okay. So okay. We'll, see, we'll test this out. This is like, this has been a year-long journey of PD promising. A year-long journey, a year-long journey <laughs> in podcasting and in PD promising he's gonna eat healthier. And I promise I won't tell another fat joke until I lose like there you 30 go. pounds. There you go. But once I have the moral high ground, there you look go. out, you fuckers. There you go. Fine. You should look. You should look at that as a goal. That <laughs> not, should be that not should being be, a hypocrite on stage. Yeah, yeah. That should that should be your motivator. Be like, wow! If I lost Ooh. some weight, I could be such an asshole about yeah. fat jokes. Well, that's what I became about drinking when I quit. You know, really? Are after, you are you are you morally year, high ground about it? I don't get. I, not anymore, but I, my first year, I think I was. I think some of the Everybody moral sanctimony is. is what gets you through because yeah. you want to be. You know, you're really not like getting everything back right away all your money no. your family your respect your no. fucking health your nothing no you know it you're not takes... even really getting laid necessarily so it's no. kind of like you have to have something to push you through and yeah. if you look around at your old drinking buddies and that's why i never lost sight of a lot of them because i was like oh yeah you know like I'm not going to just ditch my friends because of fucking I made a change. And eventually I had to do it because my friends were insane. But on the other hand, I kind of like keeping tabs on them, keeping my ear to the street just so I could hear how bad they were fucking up. Yeah, because they that's were, always helpful. Yeah. Uh, as fucked up as that is, like, yeah. when you see consequences to people's, like, using drinking right. and stuff, that's always, it's always, like, a nice reminder. Be like, okay, I'm... This is worth it. Exactly, especially when they it's were fucked up hating to say, on, but it's true. But but here but here's the thing where it's not fucked up is like some of them were hating on me when I got sober. Of course. So it's like, hey, stuff it up your ass. I didn't get arrested <laughs> last night. You this know is what the I mean? sober maturity PD has learned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it up your ass. <laughs> no, but it is. But like that, it'd be fucked up to say like when you see that kind of stuff happen. It's sad, but at the same time, it's like okay. Yeah, that's why, because I knew that I was like yeah. headed on that. I, I mean, I knew I was headed on that right path. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's 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 helpful. And then you start getting that. some good things, and then you're like, you hear something bad happen to the person, you're like, well, they're out of my life. That's really sad. All I can do is like pray for them, and 
a lot of people that I used to myself. A lot of people that I used to do stuff with because I well because I got out of it so young. A lot ended up cleaning up in different ways. Well, that's good. A few found religion, huh. shit like that. But like, yeah, people for the most part. There's a few that are still. You know, you know like at nightclubs in L.A. every night. But for the most part, almost everybody cleaned up in one way or another. I never knew anybody to clean up with religion um, other oh, than really? not for drugs and alcohol, mostly for being a bitch. Like, I, mm. I, I knew some bitchy, like, mean girls and stuff back in high school that mm. ended up not even having, like, a jacket on them or any kind of crimes or any stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day they got weird and just started like, you know, handing out pamphlets to people with their job at like REI or. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like when mean girls find religion, it's actually them just finding a way to find a moral high ground to keep being mean. Yeah. Like after high school, like I feel like, like religion is full of like super bitches who like use God. Yeah. To make you feel bad. Yeah. And be like, oh, I'm, you know, especially like with girls, they'll be mm-hmm. like, I'm married and have kids and I'm a mother now. And yeah. I'm going to use this. Yeah. To I be, think you're or, right. And, and like make their own like church cliques. Yeah. And all their own shit. I feel like it's just moving from one high school bullshit into the other. Like, this is one of my issues with religion in general. No, you know, no offense to anybody who's, who's religious, but in my personal view, I find that a lot of religion it gives people a lot of sort of fuel to the fire to feel better than other people. Absolutely. When I know that's not the goal of it, but I feel like a lot of the design of how it works. Absolutely. So I feel like that's why, because I have also seen a good amount of Mean Girls. Right. Oh, yeah, find, it's L.A. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen Mean Girls, find, especially like these cool churches, you know. Like, yeah, mega churches. Like, like Hillsong and, and shit like that. Smoke machines Yeah, 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 like, like Hillsong and this like fucking hipster, hot people churches. I mean, like, you just moved... From one mean girl thing to another mean girl thing. Yeah. Christians with tattoos that have never been that's in a right. fight. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Totally. Totally yeah. that scene. It's all the same. It's skateboard. It's all the same shit. Like, I feel like there are there are a good amount of women. Like, that mean girl woman. And I did think, as I'm getting into the age that I'm getting into, not that I'm that old, but I feel like when I was younger, I always thought people must grow out of that. But there are girls that do that their whole lives. They're just stunted. Just like, but just mean girl it their whole lives. Either through religion or like, you know, they'll have kids and be like queen mom. Like there's there's so much yeah. mom shaming. This is like, this is the new thing. That's like where bitchy girlness goes in the next phase. It's like to mom shame bullshit. Yeah. And who's like the coolest mom on the block. Huh. Who's got like the nicest husband and the richest one. And like all the other moms want to hang out with her. Ugh. And she she sort of chooses like what crowd is cool and who gets to come to her kid's birthday party and all that kind of stuff. Like it continues. Right. Like there are girls where that happens through life. I find it fascinating. That is fascinating. I kind of yeah, and uh, social media has made it kind of easy for me to like keep tabs on a lot of. Them, yeah, you know? well, social media and social media like there are girls. One of them I know founded a church. <sighs> Typical. You know, and married some foreign guy too. And that's the other thing. It's like a lot of these Christians I've noticed, they'll go and marry somebody foreign because, like, the foreign guy doesn't know what American crazy looks like yet. Right, 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 you right, know? right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and also, 
uh, in other countries, American girls have like a really famous reputation for being easy. Yeah. Which is why a lot of guys really like that because America, because for a lot of reasons, like guys in America don't hit on girls the same way. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of foreign guys are like, oh, this girl made all the effort. Yeah. And she's hot. Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. And insecure. I'm in. Fucking in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. You know. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. It's like all that. Like you know, I was in college and USC is a big fraternity sorority school and a lot of those like bitchy sorority girls have just like kept that shit going and they'll keep it for eons yeah forever it's amazing it's crazy shout out (laughs) shout out Lori Laughlin yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I think that's a good note to end this podcast yeah shout out to Lori Laughlin thanks for listening for the year you know we're watching, we're watching, seeing how all this stuff unfolds. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys all for listening Enjoy this whole time. It. I think we're only going to get better in the next I year. I agree. I'm committed to it. Um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Petey, thanks for choosing me. Of course. To Come do on. this. You know I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too, Petey. And That's, uh. We're going to get better. We're going to get better guests. We're going to get wilder stuff going on. Yeah. Um, just keep your ears tuned and, you know. If you want, drop us a line. You can DM us on the counter currents. Yeah, yeah. Want. We take suggestions, you know, if you guys if you guys have been listening, you want to participate a little bit, you know, you got any kind of questions for us, you know, advice, whatever, you know, we will answer. If you know read. someone who like studies religious shame moms. Yeah. Like an expert, yo, hit yeah, us up. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know any like religious shaming moms. Yeah. We'd love to continue that conversation. Kill Betty elegy what the yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well on that note, uh thank you again for tuning in for fifty two. Yeah. And, uh, we'll be back next week for fifty three with Maybe a surprise guest, or uh, maybe, you know, not so surprising guest. But we plan to have a guest. Yes. All right. Peace. Bye, everybody.